We have a dream. We have a voice. This is the Anchor Nation. The Anchor Nation. The Anchor Nation. The Anchor Nation. Hi, I'm your host, Kevin Touch, and we are the, the Anchor, Anchor Nation. Nation. Hello, Anchor Nation. This is Kevin Touch, the host of Anchor Nation Community Radio. We're back with another episode of the Anchor Nation Podcast, episode 71 with BCS Roja. Had a great conversation with BC. He's a guy who. Be honest with you, he's a guy who makes something out of nothing. He started off basically with nothing in the automotive world, and he built BC Moto from the ground up, and is absolutely destroying the game when it comes to cars and technology. Uh, overall, he's a humbling dude. I mean, he's from Africa, but he came to America to take a chance, and he puts his parents on a high pedestal in a sense that they're doing things for him to sacrifice. And overall, just a great guy. Hope you guys enjoy the interview. Hello, Anchor Nation. This is Kevin. Anchor Nation Community Radio. We're back with another episode of the Anchor Nation Podcast, episode 71 with BC. And without further ado, let BC introduce himself. Yes. Hello, everyone. This is uh, BC Ezerioha. I have a pretty cool facility out in uh, beautiful Ontario, California, known as BC Motor Engineering. And I'm very excited to be here this afternoon. Thank you, BZ. I appreciate your time and attention. Let's begin the interview. So question one, what is your message you try to spread with social media? You know, I really am an enthusiast. So my scope, my world is the automotive community. And what I try to spread within social media is the opportunity for people to have their very personal projects and find very creative ways through my influence to make them better. That's an awesome message to have because through creativity in the automotive industry, which is very elaborate, so many things you can do to help and perform a car, which we'll get into a little bit later during the interview. The fact that <laughs> the fact that you have that influence and you spot you spread that positive message to do what you want in a sense and just be one with yourself is good to have in this day and age. Absolutely. I concur. And question two, speaking of your current occupation, what is your current occupation? Well, I, by academia, I am an engineer. So at Beastmore Engineering, we design components and build vehicles for both privateers and OEM manufacturers. Everything from internal combustion engine components to aesthetics to high-performance wares, we do it all. And as I mentioned earlier, we serve both the OEM manufacturers like Honda, Hyundai, Acura, Nissan, Toyota, mm -hmm. Ford, and also privateers who typically bring us most of the exotic cars like Porsches and Lamborghinis and Ferraris and stuff like that. Oh, so you're, yeah, you're definitely in the, in the world of everything. It's, it's pretty cool to see all those different cars, Absolutely. different car companies. And it's just a quick follow-up question. Would, what, working on some of the engineer, what would you say is the hardest car to fine-tune and engineer properly out of all the brands you just mentioned? You know, if you think about it, they're all going on along the same path with late model vehicles. So, Anything current that's more hybrid in nature where the electric controls for the EV systems or electric vehicle systems are intertwined with the gasoline and petrol engines, it's hard to crack those codes. So it's getting more and more difficult to do really exciting things with newer cars. But if I had to tie it down to one particular marquee, I would say it's Porsche. Their coding and their with how they tend to put in fail-safes to prevent people like us from tampering with the engine management solutions there. So it's, it's really interesting. 
with that bracket. Interesting. But we get through it. It takes time, but we get through yeah, it. Yeah, it's interesting. Porsche is, uh, I believe, German manufacturing, I, I believe. And I, I think they just have just different systems in a sense that you have to go through it with the international system. And then once you get the code down, you can start moving along. That's pretty cool. That's very true. Very true. Good observation. There you go. There you go. And uh, question three, what now, kind of what's your daily activities in your job? Kind of like what's a day in the life of BZ at your job? You know, that's a great question, especially since, well, for what we do, no two days are the same. So it's, it's far from monotony in my facility. We have a great team. There are seven individuals. Most of us are engineers and just very creative people and enthusiasts at heart. So a typical day is one where the team gets together, we have meetings about what strategies we're going to implement for the day in terms of design, fabrication, you name it. Logistics is also a, a huge role that we explore in BC model, only because we don't do paint and body in-house. So we tend to outsource items like that. Um, right. So a day could be one where we're putting a vehicle on a dyno to check the horsepower output. Uh, another engineer could be building an engine could be dismantling a chassis, could be going over protocol and desires with a client. It's very, very different. But one thing is for sure, we are completely immersed in technology every day, whether it's from design mm -hmm. to discussions to tuning, you name it. Every day is a day where we're in automotive technology. That's one thing that's common. Interesting how It's interesting the fact that you have so many different components of a car you have the chassis engine as you said even just made painting even in a sense and you have all these components and yet it comes down to technology now would you say yes. and you talked about the old technology would you say with the older cars would you say the new technology of today has influenced some of the old logistic cars or do you feel like with the technology back then the future is now innovating towards what we see from let's say 2005 on that's, that's a great question. It's a little bit of a combination of the two because automotive advanced very rapidly, especially nowadays where efficiency is so key. And so mm -hmm. Matter of fact, yeah, just going back to the technology, would you say just in 2005 to, to now is more the future or is it just kind of a mix of both? Well, that, that's a great question. What we're noticing is that, you know, of course, with automotive technology, it never ends. The manufacturers, the OEMs are constantly evolving and trying to find ways to make engines more efficient, vehicles more safer, and even more appealing to the public. But we've seen a very interesting trend where we're seeing a combination of the two. And, you know, most mm -hmm. enthusiasts, including myself, love the beauty of classic vehicles. They just look absolutely gorgeous. But... People do not like, including myself, including yours truly, the old engine technology where it's hard to start when it's cold, using a choke, you know, it's just, it's, it reeks, you smell of fuel when you get out the car. So we've noticed this trend over the past four or five years or so where enthusiasts are bringing these classic cars to us, find modern tech engine technology into these older chassis. And it gives you this beautiful opportunity where you have gorgeous cars that look the part, but are also much more powerful, much more enjoyable, and for goodness sake, start up each time, which is really nice. And yeah, it, so it's it, it's really a wonderful thing. No, it's pretty it's pretty cool. You can kind of mix both, and I'm glad you mentioned efficiency because with the automotive industry, there is a lot of harp on about the environment, and you have to always get that most yes. fuel most fuel efficient. I was just going to ask a quick another follow up question. 
How much does the environment and those standards you have to put on a car with the engine or any type of component play a role into what you do? Do it the right way. You can really eat your cake. Have environmental responsibility, a lower carbon footprint, and still enjoy your car better than ever. Um, and it's, it's the more challenging and more involved way. But, you know, being that we're advocates of technology doesn't bother us at all. It's easier just to take a catalyst out of a car, throw on some kind of, you know, renegade tune and make power. It's really easy to do that. But you end up making things even more challenging from a, you know, uh, emissions perspective, from a, uh, you know, clean air perspective. But nowadays we have more efficient catalysts with a substrate that's a lot more uh, 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 a lot better than what we had in the past that were more ceramic based. We now have the capability of using flex fuels, you know, ethanol based fuels to power these high performance vehicles and the emissions there are much lower. We now have access to hybrid technology where we can incorporate an electric motor to assist an internal combustion engine. It's, it's, this is the best time to be an enthusiast right now because you can have a powerful car that looks old school, but is also much cleaner than years before. It's it's a win-win. Oh, yeah. And I think for any car enthusiast out there, the fact that you can still get that vintage look and have that, right. new, that new modern feel, you feel That's... good. You feel good knowing that you're in the best equipment. You got your help in the environment and you can still look good from back in the 90s, 80s or even even 70s even. And had that, Absolutely. And had that chassis. It's, that's good to hear. Absolutely. A question for what is the new BusyMoto.com? set to accomplish when renovations are done? We want more of an immersive experience for those who go on the website. So in the past, my website has been primarily just to educate people on what services we have available, what's coming. It's a little bit of a splash for my other social networks from Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. And then we had this very archaic looking store. Now we want people to be really closer and immersed in what we do daily People can have a better understand and even share ideas on the site. So without giving too much away, right. something that would be very exciting for those individuals. And it has to do with an immersive experience. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good, that's a good way just to leave it there because I think it's important to still be immersive and keep up with the website and the technology, even online technology has changed so much to where as long as you can have that fan experience for your fans and, when it does come out, we're definitely looking forward to seeing what the new website brings. Thank you very much. And question five, what is the backstory and how you just fell in love with cars or, or, the, <laughs> en- or, or the engineering aspect? Either one is fun. Well, you know, the, the boring part is how I fell in love with cars. I've always loved cars from birth. My parents so fondly shared this with anyone who would listen. My first word was car. As a child. <laughs> there you go. So while most kids would say daddy, mommy, or something of that nature, mine was car. And the second one was light. Well, I don't know why light was the second word I had to you know, share, but maybe my father feels that maybe I was always interested in technology. So light was the closest thing to technology I knew as a child. But anyway, um, in terms of being immersed in automobiles and being really, really close to cars and performance, Mm-hmm. That goes way back to when I was in school for engineering. I had the opportunity to work at a Circuit City, for those of you, your 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 <laughs> listeners who may be familiar with that entity years ago that was around. And it was a, you know, electronics 
outlet with multiple stores around the nation. Um, I worked there and had some really bad influences there. When I mean by bad, bad influences, there were some people who worked there who had similar cars to mine, which was a Honda CRX, who would street race. And oh, wow. so they got me, yeah, they got me into that whole street racing scene, you know, back in the 90s, which is pretty exciting and so on and so forth. But the caveat is we did not at the time have access to performance parts. So we oh. had to essentially create and design our own components if we want to go fast. So it's not like nowadays where you can call up a company like Bisimoto and have parts made for you from scratch, or you can just go on, on, on one of the very popular online store components for your car. It wasn't like that then. If you wanted something, you had to create it. And since the name of the game was to go fast, win, and make a little money, it was very, very important for us to be able to have products that would make our cars go faster and faster. And long story short, I became very successful in that arena to where people started approaching me to design components for their cars because they saw how much faster I got. And that was the beginning of my quest of what I continue to do today, where manufacturers or privateers can come to me with a project that's not very common or even barely exists, you know, in, ca in the case of OEMs, and we can create and design components to make those cars even more exciting than factory. So that being said, um, that's my story, how I started. One not so exciting. The second one, a little more involved with the uh, L.A. street racing scene. That's pretty, that's pretty interesting uh, juxtaposition because you started off with kind of that boring side. And then you went to the street racing world. And <laughs> yes. uh, the fact that I think I think it's a good point, though, back in like the 90s, 80s, it wasn't like, hello, call up the store. You had to almost be right. that, and, and you almost had to be that real life engineer, innovate these new parts that would now shape Absolutely. the future. And I think the fact Absolutely. that you found fa you found that you start realizing you start winning these races, it just gave you more momentum to be like, "Hey, I can really make this into something." Now here you are today with the the store, and we and just yes, real sir. quick, real quick follow. Would you say what what was the number one takeaway you got from the street racing scene in a sense where did you feel more empowered? To, really help people or is it just more self-confidence in you that you could actually do this and innovate? A combination of the two. Mm -hmm. um, because one thing I did take away and something I still do today is I do all the experimenting in-house. I never experiment with a client's car, which is not very common in this industry, but it's what I did then. I'd, I'd perfect something on my personal cars, then I'll have it available to the masses. Fast forward today, if you come to the BC Motor facility, you'll see a variety of cars there. Everything from a, you know, a real drive converted Hyundai to a Porsche 911 to a Dodge Viper, you name it. You see all type of crazy cars there because we acquire these vehicles to design components for public consumption. So that's something that has not changed and continues to push us forward. Creativity, experimentation, and trying to be as powerful and reliable as possible. And I think it's a great point. Trial and error. I think, I think trial yes. and error on... Yeah, trial and error on your own stuff is actually okay because, in a sense, hey, at least it's my stuff, and it's not exactly. like you're affecting <laughs> you're affecting fifty thousand people or, or how many clients you get in the future, a course of a year. So it's good to always try something on yourself first, and then when you feel it's right and it's innovative and it's the most efficient yes. you can get, you go to the public, which is actually a great strategy. And it's not only Thank you, not sir. only not only should should that be like the household standard. I really think if if you look at it, that's the right way to do it instead of just putting something out and rushing a product in a sense and you don't Very get the true. good you don't get the good results. That's that's a great word to 
Great, great way sure. to describe, BC, for sure. Thank you. Thank you very much. And question six, how does your message you share just the, the self-improvement, self-improvement aspect help you in your everyday life, knowing that your job and your facility requires you to self-improve? How can you apply that to real life and some of the things you do? I don't know any better, to be honest with you, because even if you look at my bio, uh, I made it very clear on my social networks, whether it's on the BC Motor Instagram account or Facebook. I talk about what I believe in as a person. I personally believe in improvement, self-improvement, and taking a scientific approach to improvement. So that being said, it starts with me inside. It's how I feel. If you, if you look at me, even in the morning, I get up 4.30 every morning. I go to the gym. I work out. I eat well. I take care of things. I'm very cautious with society. I'm very conscious when it comes to my health. I'm very conscious with how I take care of my customers. It starts from within. I apply what comes to me naturally into my business. And hence, it's just a natural extension. It doesn't feel like anything that has to be forced or if it doesn't feel like work. It's just who I am. And I just embody that with my company and with the people I bring on board to the team. We all have that common mantra, a desire to improve. I think it's a great mantra to have. It's that self-strive to improve. And just the thing you do tomorrow it's going to be great. But then the next thing you do, it's more improvement, improvement. And eventually you just keep improving every day to where you'll have more goals and more dreams that come. Right? Yeah. Rather than just say, Oh, I'm perfect. Well, that's when you can get vulnerable and improving each day. will keep your, and keep your mind young too. It'll keep you in the spirit to Very go. True. Absolutely. Absolutely. And question seven, this is actually a great follow-up too. What is the best story in your life so far where just the fact that you improved has helped you succeed? Not only just in the the business side of the car making, but just anything you want to share. Well, that's a, that's a great question. And um, wow, there are just so many examples out there. But you know what? Um, I would say something, oh my God, I may get in trouble with this one, but it's 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 me finding my wife. How's that? It's just, it's, it's, really, it's really interesting because, you know, as a, as a bachelor, you're in a dating scene and the last thing you want to do is settle. You want to be able to find someone who's better and better each time. And I just came across this young lady who I just felt that, oh, she is the epitome. This is exactly what I want. Brilliant, attractive, go-getting, focused. That's, it, it's, you know, think about improvement, even in relationships. If someone that you're a partner with just doesn't have the desire to become better each time, maybe she's not the right person for me. So to, to answer your question properly, I explored the same opportunity in finding a mate. And fast forward to today, she's the one person that helps me improve, that pushes me even further than I think I could push myself. And one of the reasons why I continue to be successful to date. That's a great answer. I think sometimes, and I'm glad you made that analogy to relationships, because sometimes in relationships, <laughs> you got you got to strive for improvement, because if you don't strive for improvement, you're kind, of, you're, you're kind of settle out. So it's important to keep that in. And, yes. and actually, this is this is actually another great follow-up. How has just not only your wife, but just mm-hmm. your overall family helped you through this journey? I am very fortunate, because I have two parents who are just absolutely spectacular. You know, uh, both scientists as well. My mom is a brilliant biochemist. My father is this wonderful geologist. And then my three boys and three girls, um, they all read from pharmacists, they all read biopharmacists as well, biomedical doctors. So I'm the only, I guess I'm a bit of a black sheep because I'm I'm an engineer opposed to a, a, a health science person 
But um, nonetheless, they've been extremely supportive, especially as they saw how successful I have been with this. When I first started my journey into the automotive scene, that was in 2006 when I opened up to the public, it was met with a little bit of doubt from my siblings. They didn't understand why I left this comfy pharmaceutical research job <laughs> to leave <laughs> and, and set up a, a shop that modifies cars or a me- being a mechanic. They didn't quite understand that. But it's where my passion was. It's where I was very good at. And fast forward to, the, to today with the team I have, the opportunities that come our way, our partnerships with networks, our partnerships with great companies like, like Mattel and Hot Wheels and American Honda and Toyota and Ford and Hyundai. Now it's just such a great, great opportunity. It's just fantastic. And, you know, you know what they say, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Yeah. I really, really love what I do. It, 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 it's just a great opportunity. I feel like I, I dress up and, and hang out with my friends all day and create wonderful things. There's nothing more exciting than thinking of a concept, making it come to life, and physically enjoying it. It's just amazing to be able to do that. I feel I'm one of the luckiest people on the planet. It's just amazing. Oh, absolutely. I think executing in the beginning process and then continuing and striving for that improvement to get to where you're at, that's that's a feeling of of greatness. And I was just going to say, quick follow-up question. When when you made that transition kind of away from the family side – what would you say was the most important thing, knowing that maybe there was some doubt or some no confidence from that side? What would you say you gained insight from when starting the business back in 2006 to now 12 years later where you're in 2018 starting to strive even more than back then? Focus. Uh, focus is something that I had to have and mm-hmm. persistence. It's, it's something that has allowed me to be successful in every facet of my life. Um, it's one of the reasons why I know a lot of your readers may not know this, but um, you can tell from my accent, I'm not from here. I'm not from the United States. And when I was back home in West Africa, um, I had the same focus as a child and studied very hard. And that's why I was able to get into university at a very, very, very young age, at 15. And wow. it's, it's that focus, even though my family didn't quite see what I saw in terms of this automotive community. My focus and persistence gave me the strength to persevere and thank God I did it because it's just, it's just a wonderful thing. And, and they're so proud of me now. It's, it's focus and persistence are the two, two key items that allow me to, to do well. Oh, absolutely. I think if you can have that focus and that drive, and well, not excuse the pun there, but if you can have that focus and the drive and the, the persistence <laughs> to keep, to keep to keep going and just keep doing it, you really will find at the end of the day that your dreams will be closer in the mirror than they appear. I mean, that's that's how it always that's is. Absolutely though. correct. Because if you look at you start off way back in the back in the, the shadows, basically in those humble beginnings. But when you start building <laughs> that focus, you start driving it. You start really honing in on your craft, honing the legacy, engineering something great. You really look at it and look back twelve years ago. It's like. We started very small, but now as we self-improve each day, every minute, every second, every year, every quarter even, you look at it back and it's like, I just do the same thing the next 12 years down the road. Absolutely. And we gain more success. There you go. Absolutely. Absolutely. And question nine, what is one message you would like to share to those following their dreams or just anybody who tries to get involved with engineering or just the automotive industry? 
That's a great question. And I would say one phrase that my father left with me before I left the country. He said, anything worth doing is worth doing well. And I'll say it again. Anything worth doing is worth doing well. And what that means is whatever you put your mind to, whether it's automotive technology, whether it has to do with any other tech industry, whether it has to do with healthcare, you name it. If it's worth doing, you should give it your all. And it doesn't come easily. You know, nothing great comes easily. Mm-hmm. You have to have, oh, I, I shared this with so many interns that come to work with us. You have to display patience. Some people ask me, BC, how can I get to your level quickly? And I laugh, I laugh and tell them, it's not possible, you can't. You can get to my level, you can surpass me, but it doesn't happen quickly. You have to exercise patience. So that being said, for all the listeners out there, if you put your mind to something, I'll say stay at it. Niches are great as well, but you have to have patience. And with that patience, focus, and persistence, you will succeed. America is the best country to be the best thing you can be or the worst. And of course, we all want to be the best, or many of us do. Mm-hmm. But we live in wonderful times. To have the opportunity to talk to you today, to interact with your readers, this uh, your listeners, this is something that if we had to do this 10 years ago, it would involve hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment, <laughs> so much opportunity to be able to make this happen. We live in the best time ever. Our grandparents could never experience what we're experiencing today. So that being said, put your nose to the grindstone. Live your dreams. This is the best time to do it, and you will succeed and, you know, whether you want to make 40000 a year or $40 million a year, the concepts are the same. Believe in what you do, stay focused, stay persistent, and exercise patience, and you will get there. That, that's it. I'm glad you mentioned patience because you see, you see too many times people are like, that overnight, let's get it overnight success. That's not the right way to look at it because in reality, there might be only a tenth of one-tenth of the world who can do that in a sense and if the the rest of the 99.9 they have to get to the point i mean you can do something for five years or you can do something for 20 years and then the next year it pays off and i think it's fine no matter absolutely no matter how long it takes as long as you have that drive you you exercise it you keep staying focused and doing something that's worth your time as your father said is important if you love what you do each day you're really just in a fantasy in a sense that you have the opportunity and, and with technology and social media, you can really express your message in an instance. Absolutely. And it helps, and it helps the, the brand to your personal brand or whatever you're trying to build as a dreamer, because like you said, 10 years ago, social media, I mean, it existed, but it wasn't as well known as it is today, which is it's incredible that we can spread our messages off a 15 second story on Instagram or a, a nice conversation. We're exactly. Having on Inc. Understood. You're absolutely correct. And you know, what's interesting is the, the current, what I do daily, the, the, the industry I'm in, I get to interact with people from all walks of life. And because we do tend to focus on quite a few of the higher end vehicles, I meet very successful people. And those people will tell you, you know, I, I'm realized I'm, I'm looked upon as an overnight success but it took me 15 years to get here. People don't see how, how, I, how I had to call or how I got on my lap and do some coding. People don't see how hard it was. They just see, oh, he blew up in a year. No, it took 14 years of toiling to get to that one year of 
public success. So, you know, all that glitters is not gold. People who may come across on Instagram as their overnight success, many of them had a lot of years behind that, a lot of failures before they finally succeeded. That's it. The, t- the trials, tribulations, and trial and error mentality will always win because the more trials and tribulations and adversity you experience, like you said, in those 14 years, it'll make the 15th year more sweeter in the sense that you went all through that and you overcame it. And let's say, I don't know, five years down the road, God forbid something happens, you've been through that adversity and now you can overcome it by self-improvement. Absolutely. Absolutely. I concur. And question 10, what are your goals in the next five years? Whether it be the company, your anchor station, or just anything personally you want to share with the anchor nation? You know, I really want to give. I'll be very honest with you. So I have this Tech Tuesday. Every Tuesday at noon Pacific, I do an anchor where people from all around the world can ask me anything about technology or projects, what's coming from the pipeline with the OEMs, or they have this problem with their car. How can they solve it? How can they improve on their setup? And I literally, firsthand, for those who write in and live, give them all the information for free. That's what I'm doing. Now, where do I see that going? Um, I foresee an opportunity where BC Motor Engineering is heavily involved in voice. Mm-hmm. The time will come when you no longer have to go on your phone or go on a laptop to order components. You could use, you name it, Google Voice, Alexa. Order me a part for my 67 Mustang. I need a piston set. And then you have a voice like mine come on and say, well, you need something like nine and a half compression. I'll have it sent to you. And that's it. That's the future. That's where I foresee in the nearest future. I'm talking about half a decade from now that happening. So I foresee us as as an entity being actively involved in voice, technology, as it pertains to the automotive scene, and our heavily heavy involvement in autonomous vehicle technology as well. So on a physical plane, more autonomous vehicle technology involvement, because we're already starting to do that with some of the OEMs. And on the consumer side, more voice, more interaction, making things easier for you and for your listeners and for enthusiasts out there in the world. That's that's awesome, because in a world where sometimes we need that instant gratification the fact that you can use your voice, and you said five years from now, it may seem like a while, but no. it flies. And if you can use that voice to order a part and get involved and you give that instant feedback, kind of like what you're doing right now, yes. and, that, and then evolving it, that's, a, that's improvement. And that's just showing the fact that you're giving back to the point where people don't have to worry about, oh, well, this is, a, this is a toll-free, none of that stuff. Now it's like you have the information. No, no. You put the information to Alexa, it spits it back, and now you can right. kind of operate. Like, a, right. like, like the new YouTube, in a sense, where it's your own free tutorial to have. It's great. Understood. It, this is the future. It's, it's, people want things to be easier. So even now we're doing this wonderful podcast. It could exist in video format, but you know people want to listen to us while they're walking their dog or brushing their teeth or on the toilet or driving. <laughs> so... People want to be able to have things easier. They don't want to stop and look at a video. and They want to hear things while they're doing other things. And it's the same thing. You don't have to go online in the near future and look up a part and search through things. You can easily say, hey, Alexa, order me a sway bar for my 2002 Porsche 911. And then, of course, you want to hear a voice that you're comfortable with 
or someone who you respect someone, or someone like myself to say, oh, what you need is a sway bar that's 22 millimeters for the front and 19 for the rear. And I will send that to you right now. And that's it. Done. Done. Yeah. That's the future. That's the future. And the future is almost here. <laughs> it's great. I oh, look forward I, to it. Great things are happening. It. Oh, it is. And I think 2020 will be an interesting year as we move into the second decade of 21st century. I agree. Century. And that's going Absolutely. to be a, it's going to be a fun time with just innovation. And the technology is moving at a speed of light to where it's crazy how many things are actually going. I mean, there's some, there are some ridiculous things you hear, but in reality, these are all things that are closer than you appear. They're, they're on the doorstep. And I think if we just continue to evolve and evolve every second and improve each second on technology, it'll love us back in the sense that you have the the easiness and this with the one, two, three steps instead of the hassle you had to go through it 10 years ago. Absolutely. And our final question is, what is one thing you'd like to tell the Anchor Nation that they may not know about you? And it could be a fun fact. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of, ah, oh, here's a good one. One of the reasons why I'm so involved in gung-ho with racing it's because I was beat by a girl. Oh, wow, wow. <laughs> so it's very silly, but as a macho African racer, when I was in college, um, I had this modification of my exhaust and a modification of my intake, and I thought I was so fast. So I revved on this one girl in the parking lot of the engineering center at Cal State Long Beach, where I went to school. And she had two of her friends, and she was in another Civic SI, and I didn't quite understand gearing and larger engine components at the time. And she said, let's do it. She had passengers in her car. I was driving alone in my high-efficiency, small displacement car. And we took off. And she destroyed me. When I say destroyed me, and they're laughing, laughing at the end of the parking lot. And I'm like, I was so embarrassed. But I swore right there and then that I would be the fastest single cam on the planet. That's the engine style that we had in that car. And I did it. And I, that record has stood for 15 years. Wow. But it's very funny that I had that very strange, embarrassing experience. And that was a fire that kind of lit under me, too. Above and beyond creating products and having fun, started to race semi-pro to break records to be the fastest on the planet. And that's what I did. So it's something people don't know about me. I really haven't talked about that outside of my small circle of friends. But now Anchor Nation is aware. A girl spanked me, and that's what pushed me to go crazy <laughs> with some of my drag race cars. <laughs> yeah, some, sometimes, you, sometimes you get that wake-up call. It's like, uh-oh, I just lost my yeah. girl. And I'm like, oh, what do I do now? Oh, she spanked me. <laughs> and, and that, but at least, oh, in, in a good sense, though, at least you found the passion in the sense that the fact that the competitive, the competitive drives, sometimes you hear this competition gets a bad rap, but in reality, sometimes you need those those low moments in a sense to rise above and just really, I agree. I agree. <laughs> and really feel that even if you get spanked by 20 seconds or whatever, you still had the drive. And <laughs> you, still, you still have the engineering and protocol to get to the fastest, uh, fastest records in the world for yes, holding sir. it that long. For sure. That's, that's incredible PC yes, for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. No problem. And let's say thank you to beast for coming on the anchor nation. I appreciate his time. Before we go, beast, you want to just DM your social media so people can find you. Sure, it's very simple. BC Moto. You can find me that on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, 
you know, even here on Anchor, by all means. So thank you so much. I had a blast interacting with you. No problem. Definitely check out bcmoto.com when it's finished for the Anchor Nation listeners out there. And thank you to the Anchor Nation for always giving their undivided attention, not only to myself and the interviewee. BC, it's been a pleasure, my man. Thank you again. Likewise. Have a good one. Hi, Anchor Nation. This is Kevin Touch of Anchor Nation Community Radio, and I'd like to say thank you for listening to the Anchor Nation podcast. If you'd like to book an interview or DM me on Instagram, follow me at the Anchor Nation. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, it is also under the Anchor Nation. Thank you for listening and enjoy.